0: It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H E L P.
2: Hello, and welcome to Josh Pugh's Cult Heroes. This is episode one. I'm here with Connor Kent. Hello, Connor Kent. Hello, how are you, mate? I am. Um, I'm
3: really well, mate. I'm. I'm so excited to get this pod finally out there. Yeah. Get, um, get, it,
2: get it distributed. Yeah, it's been a long time in the running, and get it in uh, people's ears, get it in people's minds. And, yeah, exactly. And getting people's hearts as well. <laughs> Matter of time for that. Uh, how's your week been, mate? You've been
3: you had a nice time. Yeah, I've had a nice time. Yeah, I've been. I've been um, fairly busy, just sort of juggling a few bits here and there, just sort of trying to be. Uh, some sort of, like, producer dynamo, and I'm just realising that I can't balance everything at once. But but this is your focus, primarily. This is is number one. How's your week been?
2: Yeah, I've been good. Not this week, but a couple of weeks ago, I did the um, Great North Run. Oh, yeah? Up in Newcastle. How did that go for you? Yeah, it was was wicked. It was red hot, though. It was Mo Farah's last race. Did you run with him? Uh, I think... I actually don't think we ever, at any point, would have been on the course at the same time. (laughs) Okay. Because, obviously... He starts right at the front. Oh yeah. Which, rightly or wrongly, you know. Well, you should. That's, I think he's put him at the back and let's, and see, let's see, see how, how he finishes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you got to run past someone in a big Wears Wally costume or something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I, um, I did it right. I did it one hour fifty four, nice. which I think is okay. A ha- marathon, half marathon, oh half. You
1: know? <laughs>
2: <laughs> but somebody, um, the, I think the winner did it in fifty eight minutes. Wow, that's insane. They could have got back. Watch an episode of <laughs> Breaking Bad and I'm still not finished. You're still running around. I started too slowly. Oh really? I start. I I gave the I, I gave it too much respect. Yeah. I should have gone out and I was, should have been like, fucking, this is what I'm all about. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Pumped on the start line. It was a, it was great, man. And you just kind of target people. I kept having little rivalries with yeah. people. <laughs> There's one guy um, was in leggings and had his top off. Right. And I thought, I ain't I'm not not, losing to you. you. (laughs)
3: Um,
2: Did you find yourself um, feeling quite competitive with your time? Uh, I just wanted to do it as best as I could. We're competing against ourselves at the end of the day. It's it's me versus me at the end of the day, Um, which uh, that's a theme that will probably come up in this podcast. Well, I was just thinking,
3: yeah, the the numbers is uh, a nice little segue, isn't it, into today's guest.
2: That is a really nice segue. That's why you're involved. (laughs) So we've got... um, so I, I I actually didn't know about this guy. So we've got Bobby Seagull, yeah, coming on. Who? What a guy, man! I Absolutely found success by being on um University Challenge, didn't he? And he sort of had a me- media career since. Yeah, thing is, but he'd probably say it was a success anyway. He yeah. just he just became a, a bit more of a public figure, didn't he? Through University Challenge. What would be your first question to our first guest of uh of the podcast? Wow, well, that's a that's a lot of pressure. Yeah. I'd probably just say, like, how's, how's your day been?
1: <laughs> you come straight from school first day of... First day of the new school term, um, new classroom layouts, everyone's excited. So, you know, like yeah. the start of the year, and then, you know, we'll come back in a few weeks yeah. and you'll see teachers like, ah, what am I doing? <laughs> just,
2: just icebreakers today. Ask the kids what they've been up to over the <laughs> summer days. Yeah. a couple of icebreakers early finish so if you had to kind of stamp your authority today by the early doors you kind of had to make an yeah, example like, of somebody
1: in fact what i tend to do early doors is i try not to smile i don't know if you could tell okay. i smile all the time it's like, a, <laughs> it's, like, it like a, it's like a disease i've got a perma smile last time relegated smile grand funeral smile <laughs> but um in teaching sometimes younger children they take a smile as like an excuse for weakness they think ah, oh, this teacher we can we yeah. can get him so i There is, like, an unwritten rule. You're not meant to smile before Christmas as a teacher. New teachers. I don't agree with that, but I think you definitely need to release the personality slowly. If you give it all on day one, like, I'm the fun teacher, they're going to take you down. There's one of
2: my favourite videos on the (laughs) internet ever. Have you seen this clip? It's like a nursery. And this teacher comes on. The kids are maybe, like, three, four years old. The teacher comes in, and she's like... Good morning children, good and then this little kid just goes, shut the fuck up. Oh, I've seen that. Is it yeah. is it an American one? Yes, yeah, an American one. It's always woman. an, America. always and an like, American. And then she's like, Oh no, no, thank you. <laughs> but yeah, she I think she came in too hot. I'm yeah. not saying the kid was right to say that, but she she came in she came in hot. Early yeah. doors. It was like she's doing the comedy store on a Friday night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: But you do you know what? Teaching is a bit like stand-up. Yeah. Because you've got an audience, although stand-up people do want to they they're paying Uh, The government's paying for my students, Um, but the students can heckle. Yeah, yeah. And again, in in a in a in a stand up gig, you can kick people out. Get out. I can say, get out of my classroom.
2: Yeah, there's. Um, you've got the. It should be one person talking at the front. Yeah, and it's. But then actually, when teachers come to stand up gigs, as punters, they're some of the worst people. Really, teachers and nurses are the worst (laughs) because because they do a job where. Well, especially teachers, because they're used to having the command of the room. I think they forget that they're not. Mm-hmm. And yeah, can, completely... can I apologise on behalf of you I, <laughs> But also it comes with they've got a really hard, stressful job, and they're letting yeah. off steam. So, yeah. Um, so you, you
1: do that part-time? Bro. Yeah, up, up, yeah. To, up to a couple of days a week. I used to be a, a full-time head of department yeah. for maths, but then since I had my time on University Challenge, it sort of opened up another door where I'm like now the public... Nerdy, nice mathematician,
2: yeah. Because, <laughs> what what are you like at maths? Conor? what's your level? Of... I'm honestly shocking at maths. I'm
3: really, really bad. It took me, I think, I had to take my GCSE maths like five times. But you got, but you got, I got a C in the end. Well done, yeah, thank you.
2: Yeah, that was, You're I mean, reporting... this is over 10 years ago. Uh, I, I'm kind my level is kind of intermediate paper ah. looking to get good marks, yeah, higher paper you're talking less less than two you're talking talking two or three marks there. yeah
1: do you know the intermediate papers hasn't existed for a few years now oh really? wow it's now just a high it's just like either you're in the pre, in the champions league or you're in yeah <laughs> in a conference <laughs> i'm <It's unfair. Yeah. laughs> there's no
2: like middle divisions anymore oh wow it's like i think cuz my little brother was really good gcse maths mm-hmm. then when he got to a level he was right at the edge of his ability i think he got a d in the end yeah. but he was always one of the best in his in his mm-hmm. class at math but it was like another It's like a kid that's good in his grassroots team then goes to an academy and he was like, everybody everybody in this class got an A star in their GCSEs Mm -hmm. and I got an A and they're just all better than me.
1: Yeah, with with, with maths like any brother, I think as long as people don't have such a negative experience that they're scarred, in using numbers in day-to-day lives. That's why I think, like, a lot of people say, would expect me to be, oh, everyone should do maths all the time. Honestly, I'd love that. That means I'd be em- sort of employed all the time. But I do just think, as long as people can, like, open up their payslip or check inflation or their energy bills yeah. and look at it and go, let me try and work something up. Because if people are afraid of numbers, mm. then it's a real hindrance to their day-to-day yeah,
2: lives, I think. To- totally. Were you good at maths at school? Were you kind of, you were natural?
1: So the thing is, it's like almost like a chicken and egg. I think I did well early on. Then the teacher's like, oh, Bobby, you're very good at maths. I'm like, oh, okay, I'm going to go and do more work at home. <laughs> yeah. And then I did well next test. And then the teacher's like, Bobby, you're very good at math. I'm like, okay, I'll do more work. Yeah. Like a virtual cycle. But I would yeah. say at school, I was um, very like, you know, the, the try it hard. I'm like, I worked hard in yeah. all my subjects. So there wasn't a subject at school. Apart from maybe, I, I struggled with woodwork. Practical stuff, I'll admit, mm. even with GPS and a car. I can get lost. I can miss the, <laughs> I'll i miss the turning. The second exit on the left, I'm like, is that the first, second, third? oh no, I'm going to go around again. And again. So like, I think I worked hard. I'm always enthusiastic about learning.
3: Yeah. What was your least favourite subject?
1: Oh, this is hard. Least favourite. So subjects I didn't enjoy. Thing is, okay, in design, do you remember design technology? Yeah. It's not very popular with kids these days. Okay. Uh, maybe because they're all working on AI and stuff like that. <laughs> but I always found the practical bits I'll be like, I'm out of my comfort zone. You know, like, do you remember the, um you know, why do they give 11 year old kids access to jigsaws? You know, the oh. jigsaw, the one that's yeah. that's got a, just a drill bit, yeah. and you put a, put a piece of wood and you put it through and you slice yeah. the wood yeah. in half. Yeah. Why on earth does an 11 year old have access
2: to that? <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, just and just, then you turn them off for, for leaning back on a chair. Yeah, <laughs> well, <I'm> like, <laughs> let's get the drills. Out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but there's a lot of math. Some there's a lot of math in. In in all subjects, aren't they kind of even you know design technology? You're measuring stuff and mm. and, and all that. I, I kind of my first thing with maths would be so I've got a he's like twenty months old, my little boy, and you, you count it like it's you you learn to count that that young, mm. and he's just started to spot. He'll say, oh, two cars." He just it's like he just now knows what what two is. Yeah, but there was four. Yeah, he's yeah. useless. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's real real struggling low ability, but. Um, <laughs> But yeah, it's that young, isn't it? It's it's that young. That is, that's what he knows is, is too.
3: Yeah. How are you finding that sort of teaching him and going through those motions with him?
2: I mean, yeah, I'm I'm living with it at the moment. Yeah. I'm kind of yeah, I, I'm 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 not out of my depth just yet, but yeah, yeah I think it'll be. Um, well, pa- parents say, don't they? They find their kids' homework hard. Mm. That's what they say because they're not they haven't got the context of, they haven't had the lesson. They're just seeing out of context.
1: Actually, if, if I can give it as, as a teacher, I'm not a parent, not that I know of, <laughs> but as a teacher, my sort of advice to parents is, even if the maths is hard for you, that's fine, but never tell a child that maths is useless, maths is pointless, maths is rubbish. You You'll can't never improve. use this. Yeah, yeah, those things, they genuinely do impact the child's yeah. psyche subconsciously. So even like some parents, like they got... Grade E in GCSE, and they, yeah. they're never going to help. But I always tell them, tell your child, if you work hard, you'll get better. You might not yeah. get an A or A star, but mm. you can
2: always improve. I used to find it very really hard. My, my stepdad was good at maths, but he was like, this method of doing it. I'm like, what, where on earth did you learn that? <laughs> that is not yeah. what we've been shown. Yeah, yeah. He's like, he'd, use, he'd, just, he'd do it like a completely different way, but get to the same answer. Then he'd try and show me his way. <laughs> I'm like, I can't. This is so
1: hard. Maverick.
2: Yeah. So maths, you know wasn't great at maths, but it's something I've
3: always carried with me throughout my whole life. Uh-huh. I don't know why. I think I probably learned it when I was about 10 or 11. And that's uh, with your hands, doing the nine times table. Oh, this is good. Uh, you, yeah. d- I assume you know what this is, Bobby, right? You can explain to yeah. yeah. me. So, so you've got your 10 fingers out in front of you. Should and then, we do this? As we, yeah, as we yeah go? let's all do it together. And if you're listening at home as well, do it as well. Um, and then you take down the, the, on your f- left hand, the far left finger, so your pinky. That's that's one times nine, so there's nine on the right. Yeah, and then two times is you go one more in, so the second finger, and then you've got the you've got one, so that's the ten, and then you've got eight units. Unit what, Units? Yeah. yeah yeah eight fingers yeah, so then it's eighteen. So that's two times. Then three fingers in, twenty-seven. So two and seven.
1: Yeah. Surprisingly, I've seen that go viral <laughs> on social media, really? on like TikTok and Instagram viewers and i'm surprised many people are not aware of it so it's like there's an opportunity connor you could be the one <laughs> yeah yeah
2: my um so my wife's a ta and she um says they're like anything from year 3 to year 6 and they do this thing called um times table rockstars you know yes, this Bobby? Heard of it. it's like um, an interactive thing and you can like like battle against each other doing sums and um, they they keep calling my wife out. She keeps getting called out by the students, <laughs> like, like coming have a go. At me and you miss. Do you know what I mean like yeah. the fancy the chances against her? Oh wow! So how does it work? How does this game work? It's like you you get there's a sum come up on the screen. You've got to do it. Okay. Whoever does it quickest gets the point. I think. And yeah, she keeps. She's been. she thinks she thinks she's an easy target, <laughs> an but easy scalp. But children
1: teaching. are remarkable. Even as a maths teacher, as a maths degree, I teach a subject. I've played. Children who are eight, nine, ten on times table rock stars, mm. and they just they just got. I blame it on they got quicker fingers. They're just like yeah, ninjas, sure. ninjas. Yeah. They're number ninjas. Yeah. So, they're, so, so if if a child ever wants to take you on at that, prepare to be humiliated because mm. they obviously know. What doing. <laughs> Bobby, I,
3: I think it'd be fair to say that you're a very enthusiastic person, uh, especially you know when it comes to maths and learning and that sort of thing. Is that like a really conscious choice for you, and does that come from like is there someone that was really enthusiastic for you, or was there a lack of that? Oh, so you, interesting um,
1: question. So it's actually the the former. So yeah. I'm one of four boys. My yeah. parents are uh, originally from South India, a place called Kerala. It's really, if you visit India, Kerala's like off the beaten path, but not. Now everyone's slowly realizing it's... Cool place to go. Yeah. So they okay. moved to um, London in the mid late seventies. Although I literally found out last weekend, my granddad nearly moved to Birmingham. Okay. I could have been a <laughs> I like an Aston Villa instead of West Ham. But anyway, right? East London they settled. Um, and my so we grew up in a council estate in East Ham. So money was tight, but our dad used to take myself and my brothers to East Ham Library every Saturday afternoon. It was a sort of same routine. My mum would normally make a really delicious South Indian biryani, and we'd be like fed. And then we'd go down the high street, ostensibly to do some shopping for the family. But my dad would then take us to the library. We'd sit on the uh, sort of library floor for all hours reading books on Aztec civilization, Victorian engineering, the fiction of Roald Dahl. And actually, it was those Saturday afternoons that gave me enthusiasm for learning because I'd go back to school on Monday and then the teacher would say, what did people get up to this weekend? And I'd be like, oh, I've read a book on the Mayan civilization. And the teacher would tell us about the Mayans. And I would explain a couple of things I learned um, and that made me realise, actually, the way for me to... I mean, I'm quite sure I'm 5'4". Five 5'5 five five with good shoes. <laughs> <laughs> but the way for me to stand out at school was knowing cool things. Yeah. And that was my identity. Oh, Bobby, he always knows some cool stuff.
3: Yeah, that's great.
1: And that's where the enthusiasm, I guess, started.
2: I read a thing once about... Um kind of in in chinese language the way they say numbers is different so they don't say like they wouldn't say like 25 the first bit is almost there's almost, almost an equation in the way they say the letters does that make sense does that uh, yeah the, the numbers so we're like two tens and a two it's not oh, yeah. it's, so it's kind of doing a bit of the maths for them yeah <laughs> I'm, I'm sure i've read that somewhere. Like, but other cultures do it yeah, too. do so yeah.
1: you do french gcse anyone here
2: yeah yeah well, um Not GCC. No I didn't. Do, yeah I did. I did okay. GCC, yeah.
1: So do you know the number for
2: 80? Is it 89? So, no. Oh mm.
1: 80 okay I am I'm, I'm Is it 80? 80 that
2: yeah that is right. So
1: that's four. <laughs> that's four lots of 20.
2: Yeah there you go. So, so yeah, they do the similar yeah. things. So I think yeah. I think I said 60. I think that's 16.
1: 60? You said 69. I
2: think I said 16 yeah. Yeah you're so, you're so, definitely you right. Is it or I
1: don't
2: know. Yeah, you said.
1: Suss on is sixty nine. Yeah, that's why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, one of my students. If I ask students in my class pick a number from one to hundred, they'll be like, "Yeah, the the ones in a year like eight, like 69. And the great thing is, just, just like, I mean, I've
2: got, he's got a laugh don't, on don't me.
1: respond. Just like put it up on the board. Yeah. Carry on, and they all sneer. But if you yeah. don't respond to it, yeah, yeah. The so teacher, if you respond,
2: yeah, that's when
1: you're lost. But that's it in
2: French. Is not it? It's doing. It's like it's the maths, the yeah. equations within the yeah. number. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. So. Where where does that um, original enthusiasm for learning and, and finding out things then equate to you being on University Challenge?
1: So I'd say it's probably different to most people on the game show. One is, most people who are on University Challenge, it's their like their families, their grandfathers, their great... As far as you can go back, so the show was made in 1962, but it's been a family tradition they always watch it on a Monday night. Yeah. But actually, even though my family, we love knowledge, we love learning. We'd read encyclopedias, chat facts at the dinner table, a lot of sports facts as well, big football fans. But we'd never really watch quizzes or take part in quizzes. But every time, like, in school or my early days post-uni, if there was a quiz, I'd be like, ah, oh, I'd always do well, probably win it. So actually, uh, in my 20s... I actually spent my career working in the city. So I was a trader at a bank called Lehman Brothers. Bad. They, they <laughs> collapsed in 2008. It wasn't my fault. I actually worked in... Has anyone seen the film The Big Short? Yeah. yeah. I actually worked in one of those areas, collateralized debt obligation at one stage. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. So, you know, it wasn't a Margot Robbie, Barbie sitting in the bar. Yeah. She's explaining <laughs> one of the products I traded. Anyway, <laughs> I tell that to my mom now. Margot Robbie explains. So I did, in my 20s, I was at Lehman Brothers, a Japanese bank called Nomura as a trader, and then a chartered accountant at PWC. Um, so at PWC, I actually took a sabbatical to teach graduates. So Normally people do the sexy sabbatical. They go to like Johannesburg or Sydney <laughs> or New York. And I saw that the, the sort of Excel list for teaching and training in London was like, no one had signed up. And I thought, ah, put it as a backup. But I got it because... No one else has signed up. And in the the three months of teaching, two, three months of teaching, I absolutely found like I came to life. Like, ah, this teaching malarkey, like explaining ideas. I've got my enthusiasm and now I can now share it Mm. with others. So that's when at the age of 30, I changed careers, became a teacher. So I went to Cambridge to do my teacher training, my PGCE teacher training course, my master's, start my doctorate. And I was doing my master's um, I applied for our university challenge team. And to be honest, this is a, like, most university challenge fans will hate me for saying this. I'd never watch an episode. <laughs> okay, I was aware of what, everyone's aware. Yeah, you know, a yeah. you know, Paxman and his yeah. fierce quiz masterness. But I never <laughs> watched an episode. And when I went to Cambridge, I was like, oh, I, I applied for the team, got into the team, like actually, I've got a good set of general knowledge. And then I yeah. sort of applied my like, analytical mind to prepare the team and getting on it. So I think it was like mm. a, I never wanted to go on the show, but now that I got on it, now it's like my my weekly ritual. Actually, like even tonight, I'm a bit upset because I'm missing Universal Challenge. For you guys. <laughs> oh, I'm oh, so no, sorry, but it's okay. I'll stay off Twitter or X. I'll stay off yeah, because often uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, it gets the spoilers in yeah. there. But yeah, I think that that was a journey.
3: Yeah did you did you really enjoy that experience?
1: Going on a game show, especially Universal Challenge, if you get things wrong, social media can be quite unforgiving. And <laughs> daily Mail and particular they'll pick up and like. These students yeah. don't even know who George Michael yeah. is. I'm
2: already worried about the um, on Nerf guess.
1: nerf that's, that's like
2: a... I'm already already worried about that guess. <laughs> the backlash that from was, that. The
1: back, oh, but yeah. that was, oh, someone could think you're like subconscious trying to sabotage you with the number 69. Yeah, that's true. I think that must have been yeah, yeah. subconscious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but when I went on the show, okay, I think because I was 30 and a bit older, it meant that look most of the students on it are 19, 20, 21. In fact, my team, I felt like they were like my kids. They were all like yeah. 19 and 20, really young. And I felt like um, they're like uncle guiding them through. So then I felt like I couldn't be nervous because I had three other young university students to look after. Uh, and I think also when we went to the studio, normally like everyone's like, oh, my God, it's a studio. Terrified. And obviously it's my, my first time on telly. But I was like, I felt like I felt at home. Yeah. And then when I was on, when I recorded my matches, I remember my family used to watch, come in the studio to watch all the games. Sometimes I'd sort of like do a little wave at them. I'm just, like, enjoying the whole thing. Um, and then when my matches came out, and after my first match, people were like, oh, who's the Seagull? Really enthusiastic. And then yeah. in the second match, I had, like, we did really well. And I was, like, my, my enthusiasm was just overflowing. I think uh, the BBC, I think I was trending on Twitter, number one. Hashtag <laughs> wow. Seagull. And then BBC did a couple of tweets. One is they did this, like, Twitter moment of the day. Is Bobby Seagull the happiest ever contestant in the last <laughs> challenge? And then the following morning, they continued releasing, a, like, a 10, 15 second gif of everyone fell in love with Bobby Seagull last night and my students because I was a head of department then as well my students were like oh Mr. Seagull everyone loves you and like, and like and it was just me being me Yeah, and so I never like planned on like oh I'm going to market this and become a media person it was just like the, the me on camera for a you know if you're not a watchlist it's a bit of a dull academic question I never yeah. said that but like people might <laughs> perceive it to be that yeah, I was yeah. just myself and that seemed to work well on camera
2: yeah amazing we had um, a teacher at our school who was on the weakest link. She were, she went out after the first round. Oh, <laughs> brutal. Yes, yeah, so that, that was a completely different experience. <laughs> 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 but that that goes to a vote, did not it? That goes to yeah. a vote, and I think if you, you know... I think if you're too good... I think she should have banked and didn't bank, and then the next uh, person... lot and then, she got the question wrong. So it's like... She and was, was that with Anne Ann Robinson? Oh, yeah. Anne Ann Robinson, yeah. Anne Robinson tore a new one. I was going to say, yeah. I've seen some clips of
3: Anne Robinson like things that have been <laughs> cut out and it's just been sort of put together and put on Twitter. She's brutal. Yeah,
2: she was not. She was messing. She was not messing about. Not about. <laughs> uh, yeah. A maths FA Cup. Ooh. Where, where are you in, in the country,
1: Bobby? Ooh, this is tough. So who are the other, I'm trying to think of public figures. So you've got... Rachel Roiley. Rachel, Carol Vorderman, Hannah yeah. Fry.
2: Yeah, I, I think... Rachel Riley away in the early rounds. That's
1: going to be that's a difficult that, that, maybe one. May want to avoid that. Yeah, you, yeah. Want, you but want. If to... I bring a big travelling support, yeah. you yeah. never know. Like yeah, take, yeah. Uh, <laughs> get a draw, take it back to take it, yeah, take it yeah. back to East London. <laughs> um, I'm definitely like definitely aiming for the semi-finals. Get to nowadays Wembley semi-finals Wembley. Yeah, exactly. In the old days. In fact, I think that's devalued the FA Cup it should just be the final.
3: Yeah, yeah, no, I agree with that. I'd love to see like a f- packed at Wembley to see you and Rachel <laughs> Riley sort of number, do some long algebra. battle. Yeah. yeah.
1: That would be... Who else would be there? Is Ka- uh Warderman. Uh, Cara Vorderman. Have you had Hannah Fry there? Um, she's a red-haired mathematician on BBC. Does a lot of like yeah, maths yeah, So she'd be in the tournament. Who else? Who was like... There'll be other people just kind of... Um, Stephen Fry is not going to be Stephen bad. Stephen Fry he? Would probably be quite smart. I, I, actually imagine- the thing is, I actually interviewed Stephen Fry six years ago. Oh. I did a podcast with the BBC on polymaths and Stephen Fry said that he actually genuinely... Love the sense of maths, where something is hidden and confused, and then this like divine moment where everything balances. Yeah, and so he, he actually even though he's not a mathematician, he appreciated the beauty. So he might be yeah. like a plucky third round team, yeah. and then could could on his day defeat a master.
2: Wow.
1: Yeah, but it would just be some kid. It would just be some uh, yeah, some, some 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 kid who's think, like eleven is just yeah, unreal. Just yeah, like a, they would be the Thing is as a that mathematicians mathematicians their peak. Is like early twenties. Wow. Once you pass that, I like am thirty nine now, so if I yeah. wanted to do like real contribute to the subject, it would be very difficult because your brains just don't operate in the same way like anything. I think mm. like even in like you know Einstein, yeah. When he came up with um relativity, I think it's like twenty twenty one. Wow. So all these great mm. the great minds of all time, so there's like scientific yeah. thinking, you need to be really sharp, super sharp. Yeah. And what is
2: that? Is that just kind of physiological decline? Yeah, I think That's that, sad, isn't it? If you could have one one tip for somebody that was struggling with maths, maybe it's um, you know, somebody that's within education or mm-hmm. just generally baffled or you know, kind of scared of maths. Is it is a kind of one thing you'd you'd say to them to help them overcome it or to? Uh,
1: yeah, so I get two, two things. One thing I will give, like a generic principle, and then one an actual practical bit of advice. The general, the generic principle is I tell people that you may have had a negative experience at school. But that doesn't mean you can't learn to be more comfortable with numbers. And again, if you think about in school, many people hated PE, like climbing up those weird horses and ladders. <laughs> yeah. But a lot of people love keeping fit, you know, going for a run or mm. going to the gym. So don't connect your school experience of the subject with the practical application. But the other things like, so the, the the practical bit I was going to mention. So for example, Rachel Riley and I are actually ambassadors for a charity called National Numeracy. So um, their job is to help people, adults, feel more comfortable with numbers. So if people like, look up National Numeracy Challenge, they've got like a free 10-minute MOT, as it were, on your <laughs> numeracy skills. And again, you can use a calculator. You can do it in your own time. There's no time limit. Um, and with that, it sort of diagnoses what key areas of maths or number work you're struggling on. And then it might suggest some resources. That's a really practical takeaway. Someone looks up the yeah. National Numeracy Challenge, taking their picture volume, idea. Yeah. It might say we're teaming up now.
2: Yeah, you yeah, that's not, great. That's my, you, say, like, you think people? Like, I was doing Duolingo for a bit. I'm like, why? <laughs> why am I worrying about learning Spanish? I need to focus on like, get. get What's the, your biggest streak? Uh, I did like th- honestly like three days. Uh, and then I just I thought this is not. I, I can't commit
3: to this. Nine days. Nine days. I'm, yeah, I'm I'm Swedish. To,
1: Swedish. Do you want to get to ten?
3: Yeah. Well, I, double figures. Yeah. Like, is your partner not Swedish? She is. Yeah, that's why. Is, so can you speak Swedish now? Nay. Nay. A little bit of Swedish there. Oh, Whom or do. Any guesses as well?
1: How are you doing? Yeah. Okay. It sounds pretty similar, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah who it is, do? It's pretty, yeah, but it's hard. So do you speak at all? Does she speak to you in Swedish sometimes? She does all the time. So to try and uh, make subconsciously. Not, yeah. yeah,
3: genuinely does. Like we just, like last night we went for a nice um, walk by the river and uh, on the way back she was saying, she was just trying to talk to me in Swedish and all we can get to is uh, how are you? Whom yeah. Do? I'm good, Whom thanks. Do? How
1: are you? How do you say I'm
3: good, thanks? Uh, Bratak.
1: Bratak. Oh, that was nice. There's a bit, a
2: bit of confidence there yeah, as I well. A bit of uh, a bit yeah. of inflection, bit of yeah,
3: a bit of pizzazz to that. She's got oh, a yeah. niece, and when we were over there, yeah. the only person I felt confident talking to was yeah. a two-year-old niece.
2: But I managed to similar. It's a similar, <laughs> similar sense like, Not freezing up—that is a thing. We when when something's on the yeah. edge of our ability and learning, it's definitely like, a yeah. ph- phenomenon to, to freeze up. Like I could, I could ask for a ham sandwich in France, but not on yeah, you... green earth. Am I going to do it <laughs> when I get in there? I just... I just
1: phrase. Yeah, there's a technical term. It's called zone of proximal development. Wow. I think a man called Vygotsky came up with that term. So like you got the, if you think about learning like a almost like a three different circles. In the middle, you've got your comfort zone. Anything, you do things if like, again, if I'm having the same breakfast, walking the same route. Um, then you've got the, the growth zone where you're like pushing yourself. Mm-hmm. And then outside that, I think it's like the fear if you push yourself too much, you're like, "Oh my god, what's going on?" Yeah. So you should, if you go too much into that fear zone, you're not going to learn anything.
3: Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting, isn't it? What's in Bobby Seagull's fear zone?
1: Um, it's a good question.
2: It's a bloody good
3: question, Bobby. Actually, <laughs>
1: um, dating. <laughs> I'm no, a, like really. I'm an intelligent person. I read books on dating. I get lots of advice, and I'm just the worst dater. Like, <laughs> yeah. he, like, they, like I've been. I'm not 39. I've been single now for 11 years. And I just, I think is, I know in dating that if you show too much of yourself early on, not in terms of clothes, <laughs> I'm not like a speaker, it does your personality. This sounds like teaching again. You don't yeah. smile until the yeah. 12th date. But I think in dating, like, I know that when I've tried to hold back a little bit early on, I'm yeah. more successful. I get on to date two, three, four, but it's not me. No. If I'm myself, yeah. like, my, like I am now yeah. with you guys, Often they're like, "Oh, you're a great guy, but let's be friends."
2: No, I think so. For, clearly,
1: like that is yeah. my that is my fear zone. No, dating. I think fuck
2: that. I think go all in day, day one. Yeah, yeah, it's good, enough for, B- it's good enough for the good enough BBC, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the whole of Twitter went for it, so I think I know. I just yeah, see, exactly. one
1: person, one date. Yeah, exactly. I've got no. I, so I did um recently a Netflix dating show called Indian Matchmaking. Okay. And lo- it means that a lot of South Asian people across the world and people that are fans of the show give me dating advice. But often they, a lot of people have said, I don't have any riz. Riz is apparently, have you heard the phrase riz? I've no, heard, I've heard riz. You've yeah. heard riz, yeah. Yeah. I'd love is, to hear you explain yeah. riz. So riz is just like chat. Like, yeah, are uh-huh. you able to like, do you have a flair with words? The thing is, what's annoying is that I know technically what to do. You're like, don't say too much, don't smile all the time, <laughs> yes. ignore them a bit. You know, <laughs> cut them short. Yeah, negging. You know, where you meant to like, yeah. give them negative compliments. But I know all this, but I, I always chicken out I'm like, no, can't so it, do it. Yeah, <laughs> that's interesting
2: because it's kind of. Um, but that's quite mathsy to not hide. You're not hiding anything. Mm. You kind of it, it. It it's very. It is what it is, yeah. isn't it? No, there's
1: not. I'm not putting any complex algebra. It's yeah. straight up, yeah. they're the numbers. You can see it.
2: Would you ever give up teaching at all, Bobby? Is it kind of something you'll just keep doing? It's The and-
1: thing is, when I left investment banking and accounting, a really high, conventionally well-paid career, yep. I left at the age of 30, took a huge pay cut to become a teacher. So for me, money was never the driver. I always think you need to be comfortable so you can pay your mortgage and rent. But beyond that, I found actually having lots of money, which I did in my sort of 20s, didn't make me actually more happy. Like, oh, an extra 10 grand, X next- Obviously like okay, yeah, it's easy. It can be easy to say that from a position of privilege in the West where we have things, but it didn't make me much happier. So I have actually I changed careers to become a teacher and I found myself much more engaged and stimulated and I found it rewarding. But now I'm in this weird position where I've got I'd like to as long as possible do both. Do some part-time teaching and do the media subs. I always think with teaching, when I was a full-time head of department, it was hard, and the reason is, you, all you, you're constantly at the cold face. You're dealing with like parents and marking and room issues and mm. all the things that you know a normal job has. So when you go home, you're not like appreciative. Uh, I really enjoy teaching. Whereas now, I'm more appreciative because. Yeah. I do other things. Again, when I was speaking to my colleagues today, they're like, oh, what are you up to next this evening? I'm like, oh, I'm going to a podcast room. They're like, oh, that sounds cool. Yeah. And then when I'm with you guys, I'm like, what, what are you doing later on? I'm like, oh, I'm going back to school. They're like, oh, that sounds cool. So yeah. you get the best of both yeah, worlds. Yeah. It's almost like a, yeah, a smorgasbord. Yeah. You've got like a bit of your teaching <laughs> there, your writing, and the callbacks. Yeah, yeah. The callback. Is that what you call it in, in comedy? Callback yeah, callback. Yeah, callback, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> have you got your own podcast? Um, I think it's, I have a <laughs> Maths Appeal podcast, but okay. it's aimed at sort of teachers, educators. We really should make it more more bands. Yeah. <laughs> uh, although, one cool fact about our podcast, it's me and a maths teacher called Kelly Okureke. So she's from North London. I think her parents are originally from Nigeria. And her brother, Kelly Okureke, was part of a band called Block Party. Yeah. Party yeah. So Block Party has written a free theme tune for us. Incredible. So it's probably got That's the best really theme cool. tune yeah. for a maths podcast. They, yeah, was, they yeah. were so original
2: when they came on the scene, weren't they, Block Party? Yeah. They were, they were, yeah. If, if you kind of noticed... Because people, you know, people say they're very keen to, the you know, the problem with kids today and all this. Mm-hmm. Um, is there any challenges that kind of kids are facing in more recent years or a change in, you know, behaviours or, or things of have with that you've noticed in the, in the last couple of years, Bobby, whilst working as a teacher?
1: So one thing I've noticed, I've been in teaching since 2014, Feb. Um, I think it's their ability to concentrate on a single thing. And it's just get, it's getting progressively worse. And and this is, again, I think technology is incredible because it means that we can communicate with different parts of the world, with access to information that we've never had before. But on the flip side, we're, as a species, it's so much so quickly that we're not, yeah. we haven't really learned to deal with it because children now, they if, if a TikTok video or Instagram video is not capturing their attention in like two and a half seconds, or not even that, like... A second and half, they're gone. Yeah. So as a society, again, the way we learn things as children, where we learned as as adults, as millennials, uh, yeah. you're, you're a millennial. Who? Um, are you, uh, are, you, you, look, are, you how, are you? No,
2: like, we're millennials, aren't it? Are we? Yeah. I'm I'm absolutely fuming, Bobby. You haven't included me. Have <laughs> <you>? <laughs> I know your age. Like. Daddy, my, my wife said something the other day. We put um, put Lady and the Tramp on the original Lady and oh. the Tramp on from a little boy, mm. and the opening titles are so boring. <laughs> yeah. And my wife's like, I am amazed we got through these opening titles as kids. Yeah, it's like almost kind of like um, it's like t- Times New Roman fault, front, really dark background, <laughs> like, and it's just think that would not we uh, the generation now would not get through that. Yeah. It's 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 door. Um, just going back to that, noticing that children's concentration
3: is much shorter now. How does that affect you as a teacher? Like, how do you sort of keep that level up to make sure that their concentration doesn't drop?
1: So if they are like educators now, almost need to be edutainers, okay. part education, this, part yeah. entertainer, because nice. we know that children come from environments where they need to like, they have their attention satiate immediately. Something doesn't grab them, they're gone. Obviously, in a school, they're forced to be there. Like unlike, unlike a gig, they, you know, a comedy gig, yeah. they can't leave. I mean, they can. To be honest, yeah. some uh, students can, do leave. They, can, they do, and They, and they, don't. <laughs> and they do. Yeah. <laughs> have I ever had a child leave my lesson? Not yet, actually. I'm yeah. lucky. No one's left. I've sent students out yeah. on my gigs, my master's, <laughs> but no one's left of their own choice. Um, so it was about how, I think you just need to make sure that education is not entertainment because they're there to learn things that are yeah. probably hard, uh, getting through the exams. Um, but you need to make sure that you make it seem relevant. So as a maths teacher, I always try and find... There's two perspectives. One one perspective of maths is you could either sit in an ivory tower and go, maths is wonderful. If you don't like it, shove off. And, and there'll be some kids like, oh, maths is cool. I'll follow you. Yeah. Others will abandon it. Well, the other way is find out what young people are interested. Again, I know my students love their sports. They love their music. They love... Some love bake-off. Some will love travelling. and yeah. You find the maths in that. Again, football league tables. I know when Strictly starts, a lot of my students, maybe about a third watch it so we look at strictly league tables scores averages bake-off comes off look at recipes ratios so find things that they're into even Mm -hmm. like we look at their top influence can be done like i've done lessons comparing top instagram and tiktok influencers, looking at their reach and like oh the kids once they get bought into that then you can say have a look at smalls and they're more likely to want to try it
2: it's like um i went to a christian once and the, the priests will try and do this yeah, because then they've got non Christians in the mm. in the in the building. Like I'm going to do some of my best kind of relatable stuff, <laughs> and he, they'll start off about uh, this guy was saying about um, how, um, but he was a bit because he's a priest and he's older. It he was a bit he missed the trend really. Yeah. He was saying about how um, how God is like a Tom Tom sat nav, <laughs> and, uh, and, and he will show us the way. And yeah. sometimes we get it wrong, and we might take a wrong turn, but ultimately we arrive at our destination. And this is like. Yes. Ten years since anyone's had a sat a- now. Ape
1: for a bit. effort though, he tried.
2: Yeah, he, yeah. He, he was. I could see where what he was going for. Yeah.
1: Imagine if comedians trained to become priests.
2: You know, it is. It's weird. The church would
1: have a resurgence, wouldn't
2: it? Yeah. You know, what? it's not. Um, <laughs> but the stories are all there for you. Yeah. In the Bible, you're not even got a. you not even got to write your own material. Yeah. The you're not doing a work in
3: progress for that, are
2: you? No, no. <laughs> yeah. Do you find yourself, Bobby, drawn to? A certain kind of student, you know, people teachers won't admit having favourites mm. or soft spots, but you know, by the time you arrive as a teacher, you, you've lived a life, you've come from a certain background, mm-hmm. and you've you've had certain experiences. I think it's human nature to, if you spot that in a, a pupil, mm-hmm. to to maybe help them out a bit more or to give them a bit more of a leeway.
1: And I think, actually, so I don't spend too much time teaching these students, um but. When I do, it's the students have special educational needs, and I'll tell you why. And often people think, "Oh, but Bobby should be surely teaching the top sets." And I, to be honest, I do enjoy my top sets—the ones yeah. that are the high flyers, getting to the top universities. Enjoy teaching them, but actually, so my my family, my elder brother, he had a—he was involved in a car accident when he was two, two and a half. So he's been in a wheelchair, pretty much his whole life. So in his um, primary and secondary school. Um, at the time he went to a special school, so he's a few years older than me. And back in the 90s, people weren't very enlightened. They Mm assumed if you're physically disabled, you you, you can't learn anything. But Mm -hmm. it meant that in the school that he was with, there was a mixed range of ability. Some students that really struggled to put together a couple of words. Or some people, like my brother, who turned out to be super bright. My brother actually ended up getting top five in the country in A-level maths and computer science, got to Cambridge. And to be honest, he's the guy in my family We thought, if this guy is getting into Cambridge, there's no excuse for us. But... Because I spent a lot of time with Davy's friends, who are in wheelchairs or had cerebral palsy or were blind or deaf, I've always had an affinity for wanting to help people that maybe get overlooked. I almost think the best gift you can do is treat people with dignity and respect, no matter who they are, yeah. Yeah. whether they're CEO or a prince or they're someone that's hard up and trying to smash your face. Treat them with dignity and try and understand what's going on, because I think ultimately we're all people.
3: Yeah, totally. Yeah, totally. It's really amazing, isn't it? Like that sort of highlighting, sort of people with disabilities. Mm. Often,
2: uh, sort of cast aside, especially yeah. if you're in a mainstream school. Yeah. So obviously, mm. I'm visually impaired. I'm, I'm legally blind and stuff. And yeah. at school, maths was always harder for me to, at school because mm. it was uh, you read a number. I mean, so you read a word. How we read is we we don't read in every letter in a word, but we read the first few letters and the last few letters, and then with context we can get, that's so what reading is. Mm. No, you mm-hmm. know. But with maths, because it's numbers, you've you you can't guess at it. You've got to, so yeah. maths was always hard and. Mm. Graph paper. Remember, you used to have graph yes. paper. I couldn't do anything on graph Gosh, paper. You can't see it. Yes, probably, it's, yeah. it just blurs. And um, and then I remember I had one teacher come in once, and this is like maybe year nine, so what, you know, like fourteen there. And we had this substitute maths teacher come in and he gave everybody the work. Then he came over to me and gave me literally a, like a colour by numbers sheet <laughs> to do. I'm like, this is unbelievable. Yeah. And it was, uh, it was it was it was mad. But then when you get a good one. It's like, it is a, it is a game. They just, just. this, 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 he just come in. He's like, oh, what, what do you need to, mm-hmm. for me to help you? I'm like, I don't bother burning anything up for me. Yeah. Don't, just do this and just explain. If you're writing something on the board, as you're writing it, tell me what you're writing so I can write it on my sheet. That's all I need you to do. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, fine. And it's, yeah, it's 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 amazing. Isn't it? You can, and that, I always think that he probably remembers me because as somebody at a school with, you know, mm an additional need or whatever. There's not loads of you. Mm. So if you get somebody again, if that teacher gets somebody again that can't see, well, you'll probably look, you know, oh, I know a little bit about this. I know mm. to ask. And yeah. it, although it won't be the same, you know. Yeah. It's about like navigating that situation. Yeah, to totally, you. totally. Yeah. yeah. That's really interesting, Bob.
3: You know, your enthusiasm mm -hmm. about it being in the classroom, that obviously translates onto when you do your media, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever media appearance that is. Is that a conscious choice to sort of be seen as that, you know, that guy, the maths teacher? Yeah,
1: there there is an element of now, there's responsibility in my position. Again, I've done like over the last few months, I was on Celebrity Hunted, Channel 4, BBC Series, Pilgrimage um So these are not, not like your typical mathematician things. Yeah. When people watch it, they're not watching it for math; they're watching it for the show. Yeah. But they be like, "Oh, Bobby Seagull, math teacher." So there is a responsibility that I need to be positive, enthusiastic. Mm. So if I'm like a like a bit of an arse like and negative, and <laughs> like moaning Myrtle or whatever, moaning Michael, yeah. then people might think, "Oh, this maths guy, he's a bit negative." So they'll have right. that negative association. But I think that is just the real me. In mm. real life, I'm pretty much always enthusiastic you know even when i see the the you know random person at the bus stop or the lollipop lady from another school i'm always oh good morning how are you so i think for me the reason why the whole media being enthusiastic mass class is not hard because that is just who i am Mm. i'm just pretty much always enthusiastic yeah um great for life bad for dating but (laughs) i think yeah it's an easy transition do you ever get
2: fed up with it have you ever been fed up with teaching or disheartened with it or do you ever have days where you oh, think oh this 100 uh, yeah,
1: definitely N- less so now that i don't have the full-time burden but when i was a full-time head of department i've had classes that are just been nightmares yeah. and again these are children that they can sense weakness they can sense a bit of inexperience i was quite early on in my career yeah. and you do question why am i doing this yeah and i think that's why people leave the profession they have those moments where they think I'm done. But I sort of persisted because I, I was a career changer. I, I choose teaching as an active choice. Whereas if, if it's just like, oh, you couldn't get any other job, although I've got some of my friends, they couldn't get any other job, became teachers and now actually a brilliant other job and love it. But sometimes if maybe early on you couldn't get another job, you got into teaching and then you get trouble in classes, then you might be like, I'm packing it in, this is too mm. much. So I could have had that moment, but I thought actually, let's persist.
2: Yeah. And Any highs, any career highs in the classroom? Oh,
1: yes. Um, so there's one student um let's let' me make him let's call her give me a give me a name, give me a student name Sharon you, osborne Sharon Osborne uh, yeah. so, so a few years ago, I was teaching a student we'll call her Sharon Osborne <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and so she was pretty much ruled out by the school as someone that would get any qualifications any g c s e she came from a really troubled family, broken home, and so school was her only refuge, but because of that, it meant that her uh, academics she was like near the bottom of a year. Seen as well you know, some of the schools have got those students of learning difficulties. So she had those because she just had a really deprived education. So I would see her, she'd come on, you know, because she sensed I was really enthusiastic. She'd say, Miss Segal, can you help me with this basic bit of number work? So I used to help her a lot at break times and lunch times. So I'm not paid to do this, but I would spend 10-15 minutes pretty much every day with her. Um, then I moved off from the school, and then the last day before I left, um, she gave me a giant custard cream biscuit. And and I kid you not, it's size of 16 custard cream biscuits. But it wasn't stitched It was one massive custard cream. Yeah. So obviously for her, considering she came from very little money, she spent a few quid on that, mm. maybe a pocket money for the week. I was really touched. But the thing that made it really worthwhile was about seven, eight, nine years later, I got an Instagram DM and it was from Sharon Osborne and said, do you remember me, Mr. Seagull? Uh, you probably don't remember me, but you were my, uh, my teacher. And I missed it the first day. Then Sharon Osborne brought again the next day. So I was just checking, Mr. Seagull, this is your account. I was like, oh, sorry, Sharon. Um, Yes, of course I remember you. I remember the the custard cream biscuit you got for me. You know, you really worked hard. And she said to me, sir, I'm now at university training to be a teacher. Oh, wow! So this is someone that was ruled out by the school and said, you're not going to get any GCSEs. And now she's someone that's got her GCSEs, A-levels, going to uni, and now going to educate other people. So for me, that has been the story that even in my moments, I'm like, God, teaching's tough. You really do make an impact.
2: And that's one you know about Yes. Do you that, mean There's probably loads more you don't yeah, know about. Yeah.
1: yeah, that's absolutely true. Do you have a favourite number? Oh, um, <laughs> yes. So, I've got a favourite number, and I'll tell you what the number is in a second, but what's annoying is this was always my favourite number for years, <laughs> and then bloody Big Bang Theory, Sheldon had an episode where he said my favourite number. Now, people think I need to do Sheldon, <laughs> but I had it as for years. Yeah. So, it is. It's a dual number. So, it's actually... Um, uh, 73 and 37. So 73 is the 21st prime number. And if you flip 73, you get 37. And 37 is the 12th prime number. So if you flip one and two, mm-hmm. and that's two and that's one, that's you get the 12th yeah. prime number, yeah. 21st prime number. So I've always loved that. Um, again, as math, math teachers, primes are cool because any number in the universe can be made as the product, the multiplication of prime numbers. So if I think of like, 20 20 is 2 times 2 times 5 or 75 is 5 times 5 times 3 so prime numbers can make up they're the building block almost like in science you got the atoms that make up the molecules Mm and make up every single thing in the periodic table mathematicians we love our prime numbers they're like like even aliens they would still understand prime numbers that we do how do we know that we know that because i think prime numbers are like a irreducible truth so you know like certain things like 10 counting base numbers all systems of numbers would have this i think it's this irreducible element prime numbers are where so let's say two three five seven these are numbers that can only be made up with two multiplications or one multiplication one times seven and five can only be one times five whereas nine is you can do three times three aliens will still accept that as a truth it's not like a sub- subjective or an opinion. Mm. Um and mm. even when they'd make again if you meet aliens we never know but yeah. they're uh,
2: just saying like take me to your leader you just you just bombard me with that yeah. stuff. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like a lot, a lot
1: of films that have aliens in like intelligent films not the comedy ones yeah. like Mars attacks but the intelligent alien films often the aliens are sending across some sort of prime number pattern because then it's a clear sign of intelligent life if they're sending across Yeah, them. wow.
3: That's a good detail. So so yeah if, if you know Tomorrow, BBC News aliens have finally visited. Visited? Just pop, pop just, they've just come down. Fucked down. down said they said, Let's people. speak to you. Club card, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Let's speak to your top mathematician they in go, Britain. They've got yeah. to find
1: that battle. You know what? The Wembley, the Rachel Riley, Caravan, and Bobby Sea. Yeah. Whoever's won that tournament, you guys can go to Intergalactic <laughs> <league. laughs> <laughs> It's probably going to be that 11 year old child prodigy yeah. from Huddersfield. Like Call yeah. <laughs> back. So
2: a couple of times you've said the word educator. So we keep, me and of keep saying teacher and you're saying educator. Mm. Why why is oh, that? Oh,
1: it's interesting. I If you'd asked me this before University Challenge, I would have said teacher. Yeah. Because teacher is a job yeah. and a vocation and you're in the class teaching. I, I am a, I am a teacher as well. Yeah. But I think I have a, I'd like to think I have a bigger role. I think a lot of teachers probably consider themselves educators as well. But I, but I also have a role where I think I teach my students in my own class But I have a role to play in educating the wider public about the practical nature, the beauty of maths, the beauty of learning, the beauty of reading. So I think it's that public-facing role, the educator.
3: Yeah, right. Final question of the podcast, Bobby, is uh, who's your cult hero?
1: So I did have to think about this. And the person I'm going to choose is almost like a tangent from my original cult hero so i'm not giving you two but i sort of am you can (laughs) so uh growing up one of the reasons i got into maths uh, and stats was one was football football and the league tables But actually it was athletics and the barcelona 92 olympics i just got obsessed by the stats the numbers the (laughs) speeds and and the positioning and the rankings and in 9.96 seconds on the 100 metre track, Linford Christie just blew my mind. He won the gold medal and I was obsessed by numbers ever mm. since then. So he's like the person from my childhood and I got to meet him a couple of years ago. Yeah. So Linford Christie is my, my, like the OG cult hero. Yeah. But recently I found someone else that is probably my now, my, my new cult hero. So there's a guy called Eugene Amo Amodadzi. Um, and actually he's a qualified chartered accountant like I am and when he was young at school he actually ran I think once in 11.3 or 4 so clearly a talent but he you know I think he's from a Ghanaian a family of Ghanaian origin and in his family you know they told you know you've become a doctor, lawyer, accountant mm-hmm. so he did a good thing went to university became an accountant and then in his mid-20s I think at 26 he was playing football casual football and there was a track meet going on beside them athletics yeah. and the winning time was 11.3 and his mates are like mate Eugene you could probably have won that so he just took up some spikes ran I don't think he did 11.3 maybe 11.4 but he still had something there and then he started training and then come a few years this year he in a track meet in Graz he ran 9.93 seconds the 4th fastest Britain of all time he was recently in the world championships came 10th overall and this is someone till the age of 26 did not do any professional athletics <laughs> That's at crazy. all. And he's still a full-time still a full-time accountant. Yeah. Um, and I've been obsessed by him. I've been, ever since I first saw him pop up in the BBC on a little article, yeah. I've been listening to podcasts about him, following him on Instagram. Amazing. And he's an inspiration because it shows you it's never too late. And also like so my family are are Christian, they're Catholic, so people have their own personal views. But one thing I like about him is he's not ashamed to say, Oh, I work hard, I put in the effort, and then God will decide for him. Mm. But I like the fact that he's still got that conviction because sometimes people in media can be afraid to talk about their religious convictions because you might look a bit strange. But he's got his beliefs and he's proud to say it. So he's, a, he's also got this undying belief in himself, like, I can get to the very top. And fair play to the guy, 31. Yeah, incredible. Yeah, amazing. Yeah.
2: That's a great call. That's yeah, brilliant. Yeah, that's a quality
3: one. Yeah, that's really good.
2: What a guy, man. Bobby Seagull. Bobby Seagull, I love that guy. He was so. Um, imagine him as your maths teacher at school. I genuinely don't know how he has the enthusiasm. That was at, at the end of the day. He'd, been, yeah. he'd had a full day at school there. <laughs>
3: he'd been teaching, travelled from East London to come here. Yeah. And then gave us two hours of his time and, and just... the energy didn't drop once.
2: He, I don't think he. I think that's him. I think he yeah. just. He just. He just. He just brings the heat. He does. He does.
3: Yeah. And I love the fact that he he decided he was going to be, become his own sort of comedian in the day, and kept on mentioning the callbacks. Yeah, It's always a good thing. Yeah, he
2: was loving it. <laughs> yeah, he was, he was a top guy. I re- really enjoyed just being in his company, and he was he was so good. I'm still shit at maths. So I don't know if I'd take anything <laughs> on practical board, but it's almost
3: like part of the Bobby's whole thing is like it does You don't need to be brilliant at maths. Yeah, but it's just as long
2: as you're listening and you're trying. Yeah, don't be scared of it. Yeah, that's Did... how I feel about musical comedy. <laughs> that's not right that's not right the whole genre off I felt like throughout that
3: chat with Bobby is that I I felt like me and you were back in school just sort of going and what about this and what about this
2: yeah and I feel like he really teased out of like a, a childish yeah you can't you want to do well for him don't you yeah like if you're going to an exam you're like I don't want to let Mr. Siegel down yeah his name's Mr. Siegel. It's a great name, isn't it? And it's not even a barrier to him in the, in, in, in a, a school. Yeah. That's how good he is. Oh, what a brilliant guy. Imagine if all of our teachers were like that. Oh, it'd be too much. I think probably be too it'd much. would be too much, yeah. <laughs> full day. You, you get it. Yeah, maths needs it. But yeah. like, imagine a PE teacher like that. <laughs> like, oh, look, that's... Take it down a notch, but no, that was great. And uh, hope hope the listeners enjoyed it. Hope they got something out of it. And yeah, let us know what you follow. Follow, follow Bobby on the social media and all that. Don't yeah. message him. Don't we get
3: weird? Well, yeah, right had, unless you're single.
2: That's, that's what. Yeah, he, that's what you asked about. Yeah, he, uh, I love how he <laughs> all this knowledge is such an intelligent guy. Yeah. For some reason, he's he's throwing the question back to me. And you on dating? Yeah. <laughs> as if we're any authority on it. The best thing I think
3: for me is Bobby Seagull saying he doesn't know if he's got any riz. <laughs> um,
2: i would not heard that word before either. Yeah, so, yeah. I learned a lot. We'll be back next week with another cool yeah. hero. school's out, bitch! <laughs> Is that too much? No, I was going to say, what's your favourite number? Uh, probably five. Why five? Just think it's a, like a good number of stars to like put on a podcast review. <laughs> <with you. laughs>